pulpit. Put your hands together. God bless you, Brother Cosby. Oh, praise the Lord, everybody. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. God, we worship you and we praise you. God, we put our, our minds upon you right now. God, our thoughts upon you. Hallelujah. Let's lift him up in worship and in praise. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Always an honor to be here at GBFPC. Give honor to Brother Bradford. Give honor to this church. He already gave me the short introduction, so I've got to be short. So if you have your Bible, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Luke 24, uh, 13 through 16, and uh, let's see what the Lord will do tonight. Amen. Amen. There's a couple um, young guys in our church, 11 years old, they're cousins, and uh, try to connect with people outside of Sundays. So I took them to McDonald's. It was two cousins, and one of them asked me. He said, 11 years old. He said, Hey, when you get up there to preach. Do you get nervous sometimes? And I said, well, if I start thinking about a bunch of other stuff, I could get worried. I don't know if I get nervous. And he said, well, I'm just wondering because when I grow up, I think preaching might be my side hustle. <laughs> and I thought, if only you knew. Peter said, silver and gold, have I none? Luke 24 and 13, it says, and behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they were communed together and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. Their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And tonight I'm going to preach this message out of hope, but not out of reach. Out of hope, but not out of reach. If you would, put your Bibles down. Let's lift our hands one more time. God, we ask you to be with us for the remainder of this service. God, pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice. Everybody watching online, I pray, God, that chains would break. I pray that lives would be changed. I pray that hearts would be renewed and souls would be delivered. I pray, God, for the almighty power of the Holy Ghost to be in this place. There is power in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together as you're seated. God bless you tonight. Have you ever looked for something that was right in front of you and you couldn't see it? Have you ever had your glasses on top of your head, looking for your glasses? Somebody says, hey, they're right on top of your head. Have you ever been on your phone while you're looking for your phone? I seen one prank somebody did to their dad or their grandpa. I'm not sure what it was, but they took a picture of his phone. He grabs his phone on the way out to the car. They text him the picture of the phone and say, hey, I think you left your phone. He's on his phone reading the message, comes back into the living room looking for his phone and can't find it. He realized he's looking for what he's looking on. He's got his phone in his hand looking for his phone. Remember loading up? Kids, you got the keys in your hands. You'll put the keys on top of your car, put the car seat in, get in to start the car. You don't have your keys because you left your keys on top of the car. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? Or how about when you're driving down the road and you see a gallon of milk fly off the top into the street and a big white splatter of dairy goodness because you didn't realize that it was there. Or a few weeks ago, what happened to me I was ready to make a tri-tip, had it all ready. It was one of those preseason Santa Maria tri-tips and I was so excited to get it home and cook it. And I got to the cash register. I know I paid for it because it was on my receipt. But when I got home, I didn't have it with me. I thought maybe it slid under the seat, but it wasn't under the seat. I thought maybe it's up in the floorboard somewhere. It wasn't there. Somehow, my theory is one of two things. One of them is, is pretty, you know, light, and the other one is pretty criminal, that somebody would steal it from my car on the way to the parking lot, on the way to the car. 
What I think happened was I left it in the bag and loaded up my other bags and took, it and took my card out and left the tri-tip in the bag at the cash register, which leads me to believe that one of two things happened. Either Walmart put it back and doubled up on their money, or the Lord blessed somebody and they took my tri-tip home for free. I don't know what happened. I just pray that some widow out there who was on her last dollar just was blessed with a tri-tip because I left it in the bag and moved. I hope nobody stole it while I was turned in the parking lot loading up my car. But my, my message tonight is that sometimes we're looking for something and we don't realize that it's right in front of us if we would just recognize that it's there. Are you with me tonight? And in this story, in Luke chapter number 24, we find two people, one named Cleopas, the other one we don't know who they were. Some uh, suggest that this could be husband and wife, and they say if that's the case, this could have been one of Jesus' uncles and aunts, and there's a lot of theories out there. But we know this, that they're walking on a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and these people followed and knew who Jesus was. Now, in their day, following and knowing who Jesus was is more than just coming to church at 10 and coming to church at 6 and being here for events and being there for everything going on. But literally, they followed Jesus without end for the last three years. They saw Jesus heal the sick. They saw Jesus feed thousands of people. They saw Jesus speak peace to the storm and the winds and the waves obeyed him. They saw Jesus raise the dead on several different occasions. They saw Jesus open up the blinded eyes on several different occasions. They saw the lame raised up and walk again. They saw a coin come out of a fish's mouth. They saw the, the bread and the fish be multiplied. They saw the miraculous. They knew that Jesus was more than just any other man they knew that he had all power in heaven and earth but now after everything they've seen and after everything they know to be true all they can see is that Jesus is dead all they can see is that Jesus has been buried and in their mind this is the end of the story you know in the Bible we can read the Bible and we see it beginning to ending we already know what's going to happen it's not a big surprise to us but in the middle of that moment all hope was lost because when people thought of a Messiah, they weren't thinking about healings and they weren't thinking about salvation. They weren't thinking about deliverance. They were thinking about a king that would come and restore the nation of Israel. They're still waiting for that today. In Acts chapter 1, even Jesus' own followers before he ascends. They're still asking him, hey, are you going to restore Israel? We really want to know. That's what they expected. They expected somebody that would come and establish the authority of the nation of Israel. 600 years before Jesus came, we can read in the book of Daniel that Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians came, burned Jerusalem to the ground, stole all the treasury out of the house of the Lord, and overtook their region. After that, the Persians and King Cyrus, we can read about that in the book of Ezra, came in and took over the land. After that, Alexander the Great and the Greek kingdom of Macedon came in and took over the land. And then 60 years before Jesus was born, the Roman Empire came in and took power over that land. So as these two individuals are walking down the road, all they could think about is everything we hoped he would do, he didn't do it. Everything we thought that he was going to change, he didn't change it. Everything that he promised us isn't coming to pass. Oh, I just want to preach to somebody tonight. You may be in the middle of discouragement and disappointment, and you may have been let down, but let me tell you, God is still working. God is still moving. God is still doing great things in your life. 
Oh, come on, somebody. You're waiting for the message. That's about it. God is still in your life. God is still in control. You wonder where he's at. He's right there beside you. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's been with you through it all, through it all, through it all. When you're up, God is with you. When you're down, God is with you. In the good, God is with you. In the bad, God is with you. When you're blessed, God is with you. When you're broke, God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. Somebody give God some praise. You may be seated. But now, after everything they knew to be true, 72 hours, three days, going down a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to a place called Emmaus, devastated in disappointment, shattered in their spirits, thinking it was the end of the road for the hope and the dream of everything Jesus said that he would do. They knew his name, and they knew where he was from. They knew that he was a prophet. They knew that he was mighty in word and in deed. They knew that he was crucified, and they knew that he promised to redeem the nation of Israel. But despite what they knew, they were distracted and caught up in how they felt. Tonight, I don't know about you, but I know the Lord. I've seen his power. I've seen broken lives restored. I've seen chains broken in the presence of God. I've seen cancer healed. Oh, come on. I've seen broken bones put back together. I've seen lives transformed. Oh, I've seen relationships restored. Is there anybody today that can testify that you've seen the goodness of God? I've seen people's sins washed away. I've seen people filled with the Holy Ghost. I've seen people delivered from drugs, delivered from alcohol, delivered from suicide. I just wonder, is there anybody that's seen the goodness of the Lord? I'm setting you up. Sit down. But you know what happens, despite what we knew. Despite what we've seen, despite what we've experienced, despite every past victory, despite what God's done in the past, we get caught up in the current situation and we just think that God is never going to move in our life again. We think that this is the end of the story, that God is a million miles away. Maybe life hasn't been the best in recent days, but the God of perfect peace is right beside you. You need to open your eyes and realize that God is in this house tonight and he wants to work a miracle in your life. He's never left you. He's right there with you. You know what else I notice is as they're talking about Jesus, Jesus shows up. As you begin to talk about the goodness of God, as you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, he shows up. I don't want to come into the house of God with a long list of complaints and a long list of negative things in my life, but let me set that to the side. And when I begin to call on the name of Jesus, Jesus shows up. Do you need Jesus to show up in your marriage tonight? Do you need Jesus to show up in your finances tonight? Do you need Jesus to show up for your broken heart tonight? Call the name of Jesus. Musicians can come. I'm almost finished. I can't get so caught up on the past. There's things in the past I can't fix. Can't get too worried about the future. It's so uncertain. But Psalms 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. God, I don't know what I'm going through right now, but I give you this moment. I give you my fears. I give you my worries. I give you my stress because you know what to do with it. 
I can't handle this on my own. Isaiah 43 and 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Jesus is with you tonight. He can be right next to us, but we can't see him because we're too focused on everything that's happening around us. I'm not worried about all this pride stuff going on. I'm, I'm focused on the Lord tonight. I'm not worried about Trump or DeSantis or Biden. I'm not worried about uh, the voting systems. I'm not worried about the election. But, Lord, I'm looking unto you. Oh, come on. There's so many things in this world that are spinning around and so many things that are falling apart. The only thing that's going to be certain in this life is that Jesus is victorious. I'm going to keep my eyes on the Lord. I'm not going to get caught up looking at everything else. I'm not going to get so caught up in my circumstance that I forget about the king. Oh, let's pray for about 30 seconds. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. You're discouraged. You're disappointed. You feel broken. You feel lost. You feel hopeless. You're wondering where God is. He's right there at the mention of his name, waiting for you to call upon him, waiting for you to step out. Sometimes we're waiting on God to move, but God's waiting on us to move. God's waiting on us to call upon him. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. If you feel far away from God, just remember this. He never moved. He's right where you left him. Get back. Get back. Get back into the presence of the Lord tonight. This is more than a dinner. This is more than a service. This is an opportunity for your life to be restored second corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 we are troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed god isn't finished writing your story god's hand is still on your life the days ahead will be better than the days behind i want to preach to somebody that the future is going to be better than the past oh that god is going to do a new thing and god is going to raise up oh come on some new things in your life Acts chapter 3 verses 1 through 9 now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask an alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said Look on us. And he gave heed unto him, expecting to receive something of him. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping stood up and walked and entered into them, with them to the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. As we all stand tonight. This man was carried every morning, daily, waking up. Hey, can you carry me over to the gate? Well, do you want to go to church and pray? No, just, just lay me at the gate. Do you, do you really want God to do something in your life? No, just, just lay me at the gate. Sitting in that place day after day after day, just outside of the place where people were walking in for prayer was a man who was sitting in complacency and comfort. He didn't want to change. He simply wanted to be supported in his condition. Sitting in doubts, 
sitting in complacency, sitting in pattern, sitting with no sense of urgency, no desire to go beyond. Remember one time I was right by a pizza place and a homeless guy came up to me and I started talking to him and we talked for maybe five minutes and I said, hey, I'll go in, I'll get you a large pizza right now. He said, no, I'm not interested in that. And he walked away. He wanted money because he wanted to be supported and he wanted to continue in the pattern of how he was living. I bring this story out as we close tonight is because many times we can come into the house of God with that same mentality. God, I don't really want to change. I don't even know if I can change. I've been the way I am for so long. I'm right here where I need to be, but it feels like I'm a mile away from where you are. You're in this place tonight and you know you need God. You know what your needs are. Even if nobody else knows, you know. You know that you're upset. You know that you're bitter. You know that you're frustrated. You know that you've given up all hope. You've given up the expectation of ever changing. God is in this place tonight. And I want to tell somebody that he's not interested in just comforting you. But he wants to change you. God doesn't want to just support you, but God wants to break you out of the situation you're in and let you support yourself. God wants to do something in your life that will be a permanent change. God wants to deliver your mind. God wants to deliver your broken heart. God wants to save you, but you've got to give it up. You may think that God's not interested in you. You may think that God wrote you off a long time ago. Let me tell you, God doesn't want to see you fail. God wants to see you saved. God wants to see you make it to heaven. But you've got to give him your pride. You've got to give him your hurts. You've got to give him your past. And you have to accept his mercy. Tonight, I've come to be changed. Tonight, I'm going to go to the front and I'm going to pray. And I'm not worried what anybody's going to think or they're going to say after service. Because I want to go home tonight with peace. I want to lay my head on the pillow and sleep without the fears of tomorrow that I've been living in. I'm done living a miserable life. I'm not going to leave the same way that I came. But God, I'm putting all the cards on the table and I'm getting real with you. I need a breakthrough tonight. I need these chains to be broken. I need a new beginning. Is there anybody that feels that way tonight? I invite you to come to an altar. You may feel like you're out of hope, but you're not out of reach. There's a God right here that's reaching for you to pull you up and out of what you're going through. Pull you up and out of depression. Pull you up and out of brokenness. Come on, is there anybody that needs God to restore your life? Is there anybody that you need God to work a miracle? Come on, you lost hope, you're ready to give up, but God says, give me one more chance. Is there anybody that would come to this altar and surrender to God? Come on. Come on, there's more tonight. There's somebody right now that you know what you're dealing with. Oh, I just want to tell you it's time to get real with God. It's time to uncover the facade. It's time to lift your hands and call upon the Lord. He wants to save you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to do a new thing. Come on, somebody, let's make our way to the front of the church. Let's push our way into the front of the church. Oh, come on, let's find a place to pray. Don't just pray until you're comforted. Pray until you're changed. Pray until you feel the Holy Ghost flow through you all over again. Pray until you feel the encouragement of the Lord. Pray until you feel deliverance. Pray until you feel chains break. Pray, pray, pray until you feel the Lord taking over your situation.
Make an appointment with an altar. Make an appointment with an altar. 